Gentlemen, start your engines. This is going to be a mighty emotional occasion for a lot of people, not the least of whom is myself. In a race to remember. But this is absolutely gobsmacking. He hasn't even hit the brake yet. G'day, I'm Dan Hollihan. Welcome to my motorsports podcast, On the Couch with Hawley, brought to you by Sweet Black, creating success with people. Ben Wright is a club racer who was born with arthrogryposis multiplex, who has a hell of a story to tell. He's raced improved production for many years and even tried his hand at racing Formula Ford over in England. Let's get into it. And welcome to the podcast, Benny Wright. Ben, not many people do know about you because I've interviewed a fair few big names, so yeah, to speak. Yeah. But um, I brought you in because you've just had a, just an interesting life. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I don't think I've followed the traditional racing path either. Like, I've noticed, like, a lot of the guys that you've had on the show who, you know, I've followed and, and raced against some of them and known, known as well. They've all come from generally, like, a carving background. I didn't. Yeah. Man, we didn't have the money. Yeah. Uh, like, Dad was in the army for, oh, for first sort of half of my life, really. Yeah. Mm. But my go-kart, my first go-kart, had pedals. Yeah. It was a go-kart frame, and it had all the stuff, like, and, um, but it had pedals. Mm. So for me to go fast, like, once I maxed out the pedal speed, it's like, right, how do you go fast? Oh, gravity. Yeah. Right? Like, find the hill, go to the top of it. How fast can you can go? You, can you touch on your dad a bit more? Like, Yeah, dad, yeah. So... Dad, dad, he's not in the army anymore. He got out quite a few years ago now, but he was a colonel in yep. the Australian army. He um he cleared landmines over in Afghanistan for the UN. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, he was away. I made a joke at his 50th that I actually had only known him by that stage in my life 11 years because mm. he was away that much. So, so uh, did you bring yourself up at home? Oh, mum. Mum. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So mum sort of raised me and my sister most of the time. Yeah. Most of the time, it was always funny when dad came back home because we all had our own routines. Yeah. Right. So we were like, he'd come home and like, no, 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 we won't be doing that. And it's like, hell, mm. mate, for the last six months, that's how it's done. So, you know, so he was, you know, he was called sir at work, mm. but at home, he was like, mate, he was just my dad. Yeah. Like there was not going to be any saluting. It's like, mate, you're not here. Yeah. We're doing our own thing. Yeah. So, yeah, but like he was cool. He was, um, I didn't get any sort of racing prowess from my dad or his side of the family. They were into trains. Yeah, okay. Right? Like the like full size trains, like my granddad, his father was a train driver. And then, you know, once he retired he like had literally like a room almost like this, but it was an entire train set. Yeah. It was nuts. Right. Wow. But it was so slow. Yeah. Like I remember he'd go, Hey hey, hey BJ, like Benjamin James is my name and mm. BJ, come into come into this room. I'll show you something sitting there for three hours while he was having more fun than I did. Mm. You know, and he's like, watch this train. Like, this is so slow. <laughs> this is so slow, you know. So, yeah, so grew up, son of an army kid, son, son of an army dad, pardon me, lived in America, mm -hmm. lived in England. Mm -hmm. So I lived in England from four to six and America from 11 to 13. Yeah. Um, so it was England first than America. England was, first. Was that because your your dad was docked in those two countries? That yeah. So he went over to Staff College over in England. So we lived in a place called Wiltshire, and um, I didn't realise that years later that would actually sort of come back with my racing, which we'll probably touch on a yeah, little bit yeah, later. Yeah. But we lived in Wiltshire for two and a half years, came mm. back to Australia, and then moved 
back to moved to America and then lived in Missouri. Yeah, like that was an interesting place. Yeah, um, yeah, like dead smack in the middle of America, but very Southern style values. You know, interesting place. But originally, I didn't think I was actually going to race cars. We actually thought I was going to go into like dirt bikes or like MotoGP. Yeah, right. Mate, I'm not the tallest bloke. I'm like five, 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 six. Yeah, five, six in heels. Yeah, and um, <laughs> you know, and, and people are like, you'd be really good on a bike. You know, you've got the right size and you've got big balls. Yeah, you know, like like I said to you before, like we didn't have money for go karts, not even dirt bikes. Like mm. when I was little, so I was out on my on my pushy every afternoon after school. And was this in the UK at the time? Yeah, I this little BMX with yellow spokes. That I jumped too hard one day and I shattered the spokes. Yeah, and hurt myself pretty bad. Like yeah. you know, um, were you watching Mick Doohan and stuff on TV? Like oh on yeah, GP back then. Or Mate, Wayne CC. Gardner, Mick Doohan. Yeah, like I actually caught the tail end of Wayne Gardner's career as a little kid, mm. and then as Mick was first coming in. Yeah, and to be honest, it was actually Mick who who really inspired me because I was born with a condition called arthrogryposis multiplex congenita. Yeah. Congenita just mean at birth, mm. arthroposis multiplex, meaning it affects the joints, muscles, ligaments in multiple mm. areas of your body. Some it affects like uh, just lower body, some upper body, some it's some it's a spread. Mm. I've got a little bit of a mix of everything in terms of like to me, I haven't known any different, right? So when Mick Doohan came along and he had this big accident, I can still remember, and he shattered his right leg and ankle. And they were like, oh, what a shame. Probably going to be the end of his career. And he was super young. Mate, they saved his leg and all that, but they wired up his ankle. Yeah. Like I've got. I've got a wired up like right ankle with a, like this stainless steel KY. So I can only like bend my right ankle about that much. And I was like, I want to race cars or bikes. Mm. How am I going to do that? Like I can't move my foot enough. Yeah. So I, I got really disheartened because mm. when you're a little kid, you don't know about fabrication and engineering. And then next minute, Mick Dillon's back out on a bike, yeah, winning, you know, five world championships. And I find out that basically they've moved the the foot brake that he used to operate with his right foot, mm. same as me, up to the handlebars and gave him a lever like you would with a clutch and a front yeah, brake. Like modified it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, shit, I can still do this. I can do this. I know, I know, I've got it all up here, and I know, I've always been fit. Like I've always, I started weights training when I was twelve, and that was actually. Because of my dad yeah. being in the army. I used to go to the military gyms, mate, and I was like, yeah, 11, 12 years of age, training with like, you know, guys are like paratroopers and all of that. Yeah. And, just, and, and mate, what I loved is they didn't look at me any different. Mm. They didn't see a kid that walked with a limb, nothing like that. Mm. They were just like, so you want to be fit, you want to be strong, let's do this. Yeah. So I, I probably had people that were at a, I know I had people at a far higher standard. Than I was just because of their age mm. push me, yeah, and I think that was for me that was the catalyst for why I went down the path of racing, and it wasn't conventional. I started later than everyone else. I didn't have money, you know. So you just have one sister, or just the one sister? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and two little nephews, uh, you know. Hunter and Rusty, like classic kids. Hmm. So they used to be really into, because I've had a few years off racing now. I've had what, nearly three years off racing. But when they were still around, like they'd come to the track and love it. Yeah. You know, like, what little kid wouldn't, particularly when you're a little boy. Yeah. Like most little boys are like, oh, 
Yeah. yeah, like, and I can still remember. I've got a picture on my wall of being at Eastern Creek in 1992. Yeah, right. Yeah, wow. and like it shows. Like, it's so funny seeing it because Mick Dillon's bike at the time is straight across from the 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 grandstand oh, so on the, the main street. That was the MotoGP. MotoGP. Yeah, I think okay. it might have even been the first year. Yeah, it okay. was at at, at Eastern East, Creek. Yeah, okay. And I went there, and it's so funny looking back at that picture now and going. Oh yeah, years later when I raced, my car mm. was in his garage. It's funny how you come a full circle at times mm. because at the time you just thought this is a dream. Just watching guys like that, yeah, this is a dream. You don't really, I don't know about you growing up, man. Like you know, you like you've always been into cars and racing and all of that. Did you like? Was there ever that point where you like you, you dream about it and all that, but before you actually got those things that you were just like this is the coolest thing to watch. And then suddenly you're there, like whether it be your first go-kart or your first Formula Ford, and you're like, Jesus. Well, my, my parents, um, obviously my mum and my dad split at the age of 10. Okay. You're one of the first guests to actually ask me any questions about myself. But yeah, um, yeah so I think for me growing up, I started late as well in go-karts because most kids start at six, the ones that are racing now in Formula One oh, and whatnot. Yeah, man. Car. Yep. Um, but I started at the age of 10. Um, my dad and my mum originally just couldn't afford like you to – to get into a car, big money, like man, car or go karts or anything like that, and you know, luckily my mum married married my stepdad Jeff, who obviously had a huge career in cars and he's a massive car enthusiast. So that's yeah. how I got my kind of start. But I guess growing up, um, I didn't get diagnosed because you know you talked about your disability. Yeah, so yeah. I, I have Asperger's, but okay. for me, I was you know it took me a while to, to to click with certain things. So yeah, you know, with school, I was failing at school and stuff like that, man, and. It was just, it was hard, you know what I mean? Like it was, I, I kind of said the struggle where you're coming from with like the bike thing, but for me it was more of a mental mental game type of thing. And Because you're you know. almost trying to figure out yourself, aren't you? Yeah. See, that that's that's really interesting because I one of the things, I was four years old when I said this to my mum. I go to her, mum, I know I'm a really great athlete, mm. right? And she's like, okay. And she didn't say anything. And, and, I, and I just go, I've just got to figure out how to climb out of this body and fix everything like four years old and when i tell people that story it's funny you get different responses you get people that go wanker yeah like who's <laughs> this guy who walks with a limp to, to, to think he was he thought he, he was going to be a great athlete yeah but i'll give you an example so when i was little so with my condition man so i'm hypermobile slash extra flexible in certain joints and then i'm tighter because of shortness of ligaments in other areas. Yeah. So when I first, my first bike was a red, as I said, a little red BMX with plastic spokes. I could actually only ride it with my right leg because my left knee didn't bend enough. Yeah, okay. So I was, this was in the UK when we lived there. Hmm. I learned to ride that bike, came off training wheels, pedaling that bike with my right leg, and I'd hold my left leg out to the side. Right? So you're only pedaling with the one? The Just one. the one leg. Yeah, okay. Right? And... I was the fastest kid up mm. till about the age of nine, ten-ish. Yeah. And I was riding a bike with one one leg. Yeah. Just could destroy people. Mm. Like I'm talking for raw speed, acceleration, everything. People are going, man, this guy should go in. You, you should get into cycling, mm. like Olympics. Mm. And, and people would say that. And it was funny because I think, you know, like at the time you're just going, oh, oh yeah. You don't think anything of it. It's it's not until years later you, you look back on what you told your mum, like, you know, I know I'm a great athlete, this, and you're like, yeah. 
But it's funny, at the time you're going through those things, you're battling going, why am I like this? Mm. Why do I have to work so much harder mm. to achieve a result? Not necessarily the same result, sometimes the same result, but in other areas. That was kind of like me at school. Yeah, yeah. And it's like an internal battle, Yeah, right? It's an internal battle. And that's, that's your big thing. And I think particularly in, in not so much these days, I think it's, it's, it's a lot better these days. But certainly back then, if you go back 20, yeah, 20 and a bit years ago, there was this, no, but to be an athlete, you've got to either be tall, rich, tall and rich. Mm. You've, everything's got to be symmetrical. You know, you, you can't have something that's deemed a disability. Yeah. Right? It's like, yeah, you might be really good, mm. but you'll never be as good. We're certainly discovering nowadays that's not the case. You know, we've had guys like Oscar Pistorius who... Mm. Piastri, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Oh. The story's oh. in, in oh, running. Yeah, 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 no, no. Yeah. Oscar Piastri, yeah. yeah. He's a whole kettle of fish. But no, Oscar Pistorius, the, the Paralympian who then yeah. qualified for the 100 and 200 in the bloody able-bodied Olympics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's funny because I've got a bit of a saying, Dan, and I don't know how much this relates to you, but, yeah. you know, what is a disability? Yeah. What yeah. is it? Usually, it, 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 you know, in most people's heads, it's, Something that stops you from doing something that other people can do. That's how most people view it. Yeah. And I thought to myself, but hang on, I can run. Mm. It might look a little bit different like back then because, mm. you know, I was, I just didn't, had my hips. Didn't you tell me like off air that you entered in, obviously, I think it was a school carnival and running and then the teachers at the time were telling you that you couldn't run or something Oh, like dude, this was funny. So I went to, I love the school and I, I'll mention the school because that was some of my best years. It was Arden Anglican School at Beecroft and I've still like got mates that mm. you know went to school back then mm. so I was like and my dad we call him the white Kenyan mm. because he is he's a freak he can run long distance sprint everything so yeah school carnival comes up in grade one and they're like oh you don't have to but you've got to enter an event and I'm like yeah yeah that's fine I'll enter the I'll enter the 50 and the 100 like, that's all right Ben we'll give you a head start I'm like and that, it's funny that embarrassed me more that embarrassed me more because I'm like, oh no, I don't want to be, I don't want to have that point of view. Like, gun, starting gun goes off, and I yeah, and you jump got a head start. start. You got a disability. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, don't do that. Not no, no, nah, nah, kind of condescending. We'll give you the head start anyway. First year, like there was a bit of rain that yeah. day at the carnival, so the track was wet. They did did me, you start crouch, crouch down, or do you start? Yeah, up, like, upwards? well, I think back then, I forget how we started as kids. Yeah. I think I did. I probably, like, you know, bent Just, over, yeah. fingers on the ground, ready to launch. I knew I had to run because I was always into sport. Like, yeah. I was, like, probably one of the few four, five-year-old kids that was watching Olympics when most four, five-year-old kids were like, no, no, I'll be fine. I'm playing Lego. I've, I've always been a sports fanatic and always admired athletic feats. So yeah. I was like, yep, done. Okay, get ready to run. And it was so weird, man, because the gunshot went off. I took off and they gave me, you're going to laugh, two mm. second head start. And I think they thought, wow. Mm. Well, I ended up coming third and it was wet. And I actually slipped at the last moment and yeah, slipped right. under, under, under the, the finish. Line. Under the thing. I think I might have even been in second place yeah. and slipped and still came third. Yeah. And it was so weird because I, I, I was like, wow, there you go, man. And I, I walked off and I went to sit back down because we had houses. Like, you know, like yeah, sports yeah, houses, yeah, yeah. like Different in certain schools. Like yeah, that. that's yeah, it. Yeah. And I was in Burnham, which was red. And um, I, I go to sit back down 
And this mum walks past and she scowls at me. She goes, you took a ribbon off my son that you, he should have gotten, except you got it because you got a head start. And I was really young and I'm like, oh. But in my head, I'm like, yeah, but you still got a ribbon. Yeah. Go, son. Like, <laughs> didn't care. Grade two came about the following year and they were like, yeah, so you're going to run again, hmm. but we're going to give you only like a one second head start. Did you dispute that or you just went with the went with the I was like, Man, you don't have to give me a head start. I said, I don't I actually said to my teacher at the time, she was a really she was a lovely sports teacher. Mm. And I said, I don't think I need the head start. Just let me run. Oh, but won't you be embarrassed? I said, No, I'm, I'm more embarrassed that you give me a head start. I said, I'm pretty quick. I, and I think they kind of chuckle, like, oh, there's mm. good old positive thinking Benny. Yeah. Pretty and it's like, you can think what you like. I'm pretty quick. Like, I've got a wire in my ankle. I'd had muscles removed from my right hip that needed to tidy up when I was born. Yep. I knew I was flipping quick. Yeah. Considering all of that, too. Yeah, bionic man. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The million dollar man. Yeah. Except I had like one dollar. So, um, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, and that was in like a St. George Dragon thing. Yeah. So, um, I was going to hit on the football, <laughs> yeah, but you're all right. It, Continue yeah. the story. And then, um, so basically, they're like, so you don't want to hit so I'm like, no. So I came fourth. And we had kids in our year. Like, I can still remember these two guys, Andrew Williams and James Isaac. Mm. And they were like freaky, freaky runners. And I was only two positions behind those two boys. And came fourth, no head start. So grade three comes around. Mm. You're like, oh, no, you don't think you should run the, run the race this year, Ben. I'm like, but I came fourth last year yeah. with no head start. And I was pretty confident by this stage. I'm like, I'm stronger. I was starting to, you know, get over some of the surgeries I'd had a few years earlier from a, mm. from a little kid. I'm like, no, I can do this. Nah, you can do the egg and spoon race. Yeah. I'm like. The egg and spoon race. Egg and spoon race. And, <laughs> mate, after that, it, it kind of killed me for a bit. Like, it, you're a little kid. Mm. And, and that made you, it highlighted it worse. Because Did you play soccer or rugby or anything like mate, that? Mate, I played soccer at school. I played cricket at school. Were your coaches, like, cautious about you doing sport, though? No. No. That's what's hilarious. Only, so only, only the running. Only the running. Yeah. Right? Okay. And I think that was because... You know, running's always been a blue ribboned sport. You know, if you look at the Olympics, right? So I think there was a bit of a status, and it's like, how can the kid with a limp rock up? This is embarrassing. And I thought, really? Mm. You're up against someone who, I, and like I said to my mum, I know I'm a great athlete. You're up against someone who, in I reckon 20 years from now, when they look back, mm. you know, this was then, they're going to go, Holy crap. This dude's race cars. This dude's <laughs> race cars now. Maybe we shouldn't be so hard on ourselves. Like yeah. fourth is fourth. Like I might not have won. Yeah. But it was like I, I got beaten by the three fastest dudes in our school and and three of the fastest dudes in our state at the yeah. time. Yeah, let's not beat ourselves up. But for me, I, I think I found it as I grew and I became more aware of what a so called disability was, mm. I sort of withdrew. Mm. That confidence and self belief. I, I started going I'll go to the school carnival, but I won't participate in anything. Yet outside of school, I was I was playing soccer. Mm. I was playing cricket. I was mad into bikes. Yeah, mad. Like I'd go down trails. Money. BMX biking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's funny because mum and dad, I knew they were scared a little bit because mm. I remember they said one day because every now and then I'd have surgical checkups because I'd had most of my surgeries by the time I was four. I had my last couple at ten, right? And they were minor. They were cosmetic things. 
but the ones before four were huge orthopedic things. Like I, they they when I was born, they said to mum and dad, "Look, he's probably only got about two years to live mm. because of the effects, muscles and all of that are like, you know, in the heart, heart and lungs being a muscle, right? So just preparing you for it." And they're going, but he looks so chunky and mm. strong, and they're like. Yeah, yeah, but you know anything that affects muscles, like it, yeah. it could weaken things, and and they were like, right. So I got to like a year. Was this school in the UK or America? Because you said you no. lived. Oh, so the first Arden. For, uh, no, oh, that Arden was in Australia. That was Arden was in Australia. Australian oh, Beecroft. Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. So you went to you went UK, America, back to Australia. Yeah, yeah. So okay. when I went to the UK, I know yeah. yeah, when I went to the UK, I only did kindy over there. Yep. And it was mate, that was a great school. It was actually a big castle. Okay. And all that, and it was. I'm surprised you actually remember that. Like most kids, as a kid, mate, don't remember much at all. I swear, I got one of those freaky memories. Yeah. Like you know, when you yeah. run into someone in the street. Well, so, so you only had kindy, and then America was it only kindy one or two years again. Came back to Australia. Oh, for came back to Australia. A few then, years, then to five America. years. Yeah. Then okay. went to America. Yeah. Came back and then finished high school. Yeah. Over here. So where um, was it in America? Was it like the so we deep lived south, in, or was yeah, it? Yeah, it was deep south attitude. We were in a place called Missouri, so we were on a, a on an army base called Fort Leonard Wood. And um, that was where I was like, yeah, it was at that stage people were like, man, Ben's pretty sick on a bike. Mm. Like he does pretty crazy stuff. And I wanted to get into motocross and supercross. Yep. And in America, that's huge. Oh, yeah. Like that's, that's up there with, yeah, that. man. Yeah. Like I was watching like the start of Jeremy McGrath's career yeah. and all of that. Remember I was, we had that video game years ago? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, oh, that was dude, the best game. You couldn't get me off that game. It was like, Ben, you need to stop playing you know you've got school work to do it so, yeah yep yep playing um yeah. i love it no so i i honestly thought i was going to go down that path man mm. um because also over there getting into motocross supercross it's not that expensive compared to cars mm. it's not that expensive like i i could still get like a secondhand cr80 or yz80 yeah. and be competitive did you did you get a motorbike or anything over, or you stick to your not over there so Mum and dad did me a deal. They were like, right, in summer holidays, if you if you mow lawns and save up money, for every dollar you save, we'll match it. So I saved up. I bought, so I bought my helmet. I mm. bought my Scott goggles. I bought like a Fox jersey. Mm. And it was back like when everything was fluoro. Mm. I've still got it. Mm. And it's the maddest thing. Mm. Like, anyway, I, I bought all that. And then they're like, okay, how much money have you got left? I'm like, 250 bucks. Yeah. You're like, that's all right. So you've got 500 bucks. Mm. to buy a bike when we get back to Sydney. I'm like, hell yeah. Yeah, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) We find that the time was trading post. Yeah. So I'm going through and I'm looking at like the cost of things. I'm like, 500 bucks got you something okay-ish. Yeah. But mate, I didn't know what okay-ish was. I'm just going, I've got a motorbike. Like I can get a motorbike. And and people at the time, it was interesting. People were like, you know, you sure you want to go down the motorbike path or do you want to go down go-karts? But go-karts were still... It was still a lot more money yeah. to get a go kart that was going to be semi competitive versus versus a motorbike that might be competitive. It was like triple the money. So got a dirt bike. It was a Honda XR80 from like the mid eighties. Mm. Twin shock. It was diabolical. Yeah, like you'd come off jumps and it would actually bounce back. Yeah. So it was actually like riding a pissed off Bronco horse <laughs> because you'd land on the jump and then boom, it'd yeah. bounce you off. Yeah. And I came off the handlebars one day. I was riding at this place called Pacific Park, like northwestern Sydney. Yeah. And I, I landed on the back of my head, mm. like between where the helmet and your neck is. Mm. Oh. And I couldn't 
feel my legs for like 20, 30 seconds. But I couldn't move them. Couldn't yeah. move them. Yeah. And mum and dad were parked about 100 metres away. It's so funny because growing up, everyone was like, why would you want to go into racing or something fast? You've had all this surgery mm. to fix you. Why would you want to go down that path? I'm like, yeah. I didn't have all that surgery to fix me to live a life full of limits. I had that surgery so I could push beyond those limits. Yeah. And when I had this accident, I was just, it's funny, I wasn't scared about not being able to like feel my legs. I, I thought, I mean, you've already overcome hurdles. That, mm. Do you know what I was worried about? I was worried that my mum and dad would go, we told you this was dangerous mm. and, and might stop me doing it. Because mm. I, I, in that 30 seconds, there was a part of me that's like, right, you can't move your legs right now. Mm. Okay, you're going to have to figure out how to ride a bike, or, you know, mm. without being able to use your legs. Mm. And then suddenly, it boom, like the nerve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then, like, that, that was like the, that was what I thought. I didn't think, mm. oh, shit, my life's over. Because yeah. I've already gone through hurdles. Yeah. Right? And, and I kicked them out of the park. You know, I, I, I exceeded the, the doctor's two-year life limit. Um, and then when I got to, you know, like when I was at a year age and they're like, hang on, he's getting stronger. Mm. And I, I'd been in a cast. You're going to laugh. So when I was born, I had the hip surgery. They put me in a cast, mm. right, that was from my waist all the way down with this, like, plaster of Paris, like, broomstick to keep my legs, like, open to fix my hips in the yeah. right position. How was this when you were a kid? Yeah, this was yeah. when I was, like, two months old. And I was in that cast till I was, like, just over a year old. Mm. And I was getting stronger and stronger despite being in this cast. And they're like, okay, mm. well, look, he might survive, mm. but he's not going to walk. Oh, they, so they, they rode you off as a, as, a, as a child? Oh, yeah. Essentially not. Yeah, man. No, like, he's not going to walk. Yeah. Like the chance he's going to walk yeah. unaided, yeah. let alone at all, Yeah. not, not going to happen. Like, you know, for doctors, a lot of doctors, like it's in the textbook, that's verbatim. There's no, yeah, but what if this dude's a freak? That's all I was. Mm. So they took the cast off at like 14 months of age and three months later I was walking. Like I skipped basically the normal crawling phase because I was in the cast. I was just pulling myself around. Mum had come like from one room to the next and I'd done a pull-up and I was up in the kitchen cupboards. So I developed like loads of upper body strength. Now yeah. it was time like cast is off. Now I've got to build this stuff up. Yeah. And so that your was, body just had to mentally, you thought, you thought as a kid, I've just got to skip that stage and yeah, start trying to walk. Yeah, I, I don't think, I think that's a great thing about when you're a kid mm. is you don't think in like, it's got to be this way or the highway. Like you don't think like that. You just go, oh, I've got to get from A to B. How do I do it? Yeah. Done. I, I tend to do that a lot. But it's the best way. <laughs> yeah. That's why I love Peter Pan. Don't yeah. grow up. You know, like I'm not saying don't be responsible, but don't yeah. grow up. Don't start going, oh, I've, you know, I've hit the 30, you know, age 30 now, it's time to act old. I've yeah. hit 40 now, it's, oh, you know, it's time to get an ailment. Yeah. You know, I've hit 50 now, you know, penis stops working, you know, like something, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah, you don't, you know, why do you just will yourself to be old? You will yourself to be as young and as functional and as vital as you can be. You don't, yeah. and, and I think that's what, You've got to do whether you're born with something like myself or whether you're overcoming something like your Asperger's. Mm. Once you get over the the internal battle and you go, right? Do you want to do you want to stay alive mm. or do you want to pull the plug? Mm. You want to stay alive, right? You want to live your best life, yeah? How are you going to do it? Figure it out. It's not going to be the same path for everyone. No, it's not. But it's kind of cool when you discover that you've gone down this different path 
and had to, you know, overcome certain things that most people wouldn't. And most people go, like I said, you know, you don't fit the traditional mould as what an athlete or a yeah. race driver is and you just prove it can be done. You know, I think that's the coolest thing. I don't look at it now as, wow, that was a burden. I mean, sure, if someone said, yeah, but would you have liked to have done it easier? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Like, there would have been times where it would have been, you know, where I probably had to work at, like, 65% mm. and someone else work at, like, 30% to achieve the same result. I think, oh, well. The thing that made me, though, Dan, was I always had to work on my fitness. I had to work on that from an early age to make up for the deficit. But it's also what keeps me going now. Like if I if I encounter an injury now or something like that, I'm like, okay, you've been here before. Did you excel in any like school subjects? Science, science, love okay. science, yeah. and I love. I was going to say PE. Did you excel in PE well, as well? Yeah, I, I I did actually like in a lot. The only things there was only one aspect of PE I wasn't brilliant at, and it was part of the gymnastics. Mm. So certain parts of the gymnastics, like the tumble roll and all that, no issues. But like the, we had like a full pommel horse, being mm. a private school, like a full Olympic pommel horse where you're like, you know, running down the sprint ramp and then jumping off a springboard and over. I'd do the springboard bit, but because my hips didn't articulate to like stick, you know, stick my legs out the side, mm. I had to jump this bloody pommel horse mm. by just tucking my legs up. Scary as hell, man. Mm. Because like, you know, I had to actually jump higher to clear it, whereas yeah. the other kids didn't have to jump as high. They just pulled their legs out to the side. So I, I'm jumping up and nearly like hitting like a beam yeah. that's down on the roof. Did you hate the beep test? I used to hate that back in the day. Actually, 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 I got a thrill from it. Actually. You would have been really good. I was you're like actually, kind of like got yeah, a good yeah. like build. I was telling you about like how I'd calculate numbers. That's how I. That's how I used to beat the beep test. <laughs> was, like the rain man of yeah, the well, test, pretty like. much like the rain man in a way i used to um with you so you you were talking about your thing so yeah. for me um for the beep test i used to i got up i finished second but i what i would do is i'd calculate how many people i'd have to eliminate and, I, and my brain would be like the beeps coming up in 2.3 seconds and you turned so it into on. like a game of survivor yeah pretty much pretty man, much see yeah. there's a whole sitcom in that yeah. like that's so cool man yeah. yeah see that's what i mean like i love I love seeing athletes, and and you sure you class yourself as an athlete. Like people don't understand. I don't think people understand the rigors of motorsport. Mm. Like, yeah, you yeah. said there was an like an eclectic amount of people before I brought you on. Yeah, you were actually suggesting guests to me, and you were just a general fan of my podcast. And I thought, you Absolutely. know, why not bring you on? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so dude. you were saying there was there's such an eclectic people of people well, there in, is in the motorsport. There community. is, isn't there? Like, there's the ones that want to race. Because they just go, oh, I'd just like to give it a go. Then you get the ones that race because they're like a bit stavisy. They've got the money. Yeah. Not always necessarily Billy, but they've got the money. Yeah. Right? That can buy a car that can yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah, that helps. Um, and then you got the ones that are like, I just love racing. Yeah. I've always wanted to do this. And it doesn't matter whether they're super talented or, or, or you know, at the lower end. They just love it. They've got that passion. They're my favourites, like, mm -hmm. to be honest. They're my favourite sort of people because – Oh, there's something about passion when it comes to doing anything. But, yeah, it's – I feel like we keep going off on tangents. No, you know, it's when right. like, You look back five seconds out. and you're like, hang on a second. <laughs> we're suddenly talking about uh, athleticism and <laughs> no, now we're right. – right. the collective yeah. people. Are, it's yeah, all right. yeah. And it's, it's cool, man, because I've met some of the most amazing people through racing. I've met people who have genuinely been nothing but encouraging. 
and then you meet some real assholes. Yeah. Like people where you just like you look back now and you're like, far out. Like I can still remember this guy coming up to me. I just got like our improved production touring car mm. made a bit bit hopped up. And he was always he was a front running guy. Yeah. At the time. Like it, but he was sort of like one of the old school boys. What was his name? Do you remember? Yeah, I do. <laughs> his name was, was it Jordan Cox? No. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Coxie. no mate, Coxie's Coxie in that car was so far in front of everyone. In the Honda? Yeah, in that little Civic at the yeah. time. Like, he could come off, yeah. right? He could come off and still somehow, like, yeah. come back yeah, yeah, yeah. and podium. Literally, his viral it. videos, that's how he got into TCR. Dude, that, that Bathurst pass yeah. across the mountain. Yeah. Like. Social media star turn. Crazy. Professional. Cra- like, and he's good. Like, yeah. he is good. Like, won't take that away from him at all. Mm. Um, but another guy that was sort of an older bloke, He'd been around Ibra for a long time. He raced a Honda as well. Yeah, in production. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he was like, oh, now, if I come up behind you, you know, don't... Because I just told him how there was this other driver who just kept blocking me. Mm. Wasn't in any way competitive against me. Yeah. But he'd just block me. But he let other people pass. And I'm like, fucking asshole. <laughs> like, just get out of my way. Like, yeah. we're not in the same league here. Yeah. Like, let me pass. Yeah. And he literally just swerved. Mm. It's like Max Verstappen. Mate, yeah. I'll, just keep, I'll just keep swerving. Yeah, and it was like unless you wanted to total your car, and this guy had hit my car once before and wrote wrote it off. Yeah, right. On debut, like when I debuted this particular Honda, mm. he wrote the car off. Mm. Right, so I've got no uh, like, mate. He knows who he is. Yeah. So I was like far out, and and this other bloke, I'm telling him the story. He goes, "Oh yeah, well, if I come up behind you, you better make sure that you let me pass." And you know when you're just like, "Oh, right." you're devaluing me as a racer because you've always been that top dog. Mm. Like it didn't even occur. It didn't even occur to Did me. Did he get the shits because the way you looked in the pits beating him or something like I don't that? Know. Was it something in his head? That's it, it's interesting. I, I don't know, Dan, because unless I, I've always seen myself differently. I, I've never looked mm. in you the just mirror. Treat, you see yourself as an old person. Yeah, yeah. I've never looked in the mirror and gone, mate, you, yeah. are, you are hideous. Yeah, like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I've looked in the mirror and gone, man, you're fit. Like yeah. you're not a bad looking dude. Yeah. Like, if I can say that. Yeah. Um, I was <laughs> like, whatever you want to yeah, podcast. thanks, man. Yeah, cool. <laughs> uh, we can airbrush this. Um, yeah. No, nah, don't. Uh, yeah. I am a good-looking dude. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, I don't see myself that way, but maybe maybe I'm delusional. Like, I, I actually did start thinking to myself, man, maybe I am, like, I've got delusions of grandeur or something. Like, I genuinely was concerned. Like, mm. when this guy said what he said, and I'm like, oh, man. If you're gonna pass me, like oh, I I will always race clean, yeah, always. If you're but if your loads faster for mm. some reason, whether it be your car or I'm, I just don't have the car dialed in, mm. I'll let you around. Like I'm not yeah. gonna hold you up. Yeah. I'm not that sort of racer, right? Yeah. We're not racing for sheep stations at this level of racing. So when he said it, I thought, you know what? I'm gonna go out there and good luck catching me. Like the first two races, I stayed ahead of this bloke yep. until the engine mounts broke. On the car, and he came up behind me, and I and I I heard when they broke, scared the hell out of me, and I was like, oh, right. And so what did I do? I pulled off the racing line, let him pass, mm. and he comes up to me after the race, and he goes, oh yeah, thanks for doing the right thing. Mm. I said, yo, well, you know, the engine engine bloody mounts broke, yeah, Bob. So of course I was going to let you pass, mm. and the look on his face, like he just thought I'd I'd like. I'd lost to the mental game, right? He thought, yeah, I got in his head and it's like, no, I was pulling over because the engine was literally starting to shift mm-hmm. in the bay. 
and when he said that, when I said it, said that to him, you could just see the look on his face, like, oh, like, oh, that's why I caught Ben's car. And it's like, yeah, absolutely. Like, I will still to this very day, if someone said, so do you think you were good at what you did in, you know, with the equipment you had? Absolutely. You know, I, I don't buy into, you know, someone said to me once, um, how much better do you think you'd be in a race car if you weren't born with the Arpita Buzz? I said, I don't think I'd be any better because I've had to, like, get to a world elite level of fitness. Like I said, like I was... How, how did you find go-karting? Because we, obviously we were talking about cars. Go-karting? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So what was it? Did you buy, what was it, a racer or something? Like no, so I, I never had the money to actually to have a go-kart. Car. Okay. I've driven some Clubmans. I've yep. had a crack in a bloke's racer yep. when I marshaled out at Eastern Creek, like the yeah. actual... Oh, so you were marshaling in the club days? Yeah, man. I, I was racing. Was yeah, I would have probably club? seen you. I yeah, knew, right. I knew like... At the time, Justin Rougier and his yeah, brother and his yeah, dad. Yeah. I'm his still trying to get Justin on the show. Oh, He's mate, pretty busy at the moment. That was such nice dudes. And <laughs> he used to race Risa. It's yeah, funny. yeah. In BRM. Mate, in a BRM oh, car. Those things, those Risa motors, they're... Oh, he was a, he was a gun in go-karts. Oh, yeah. And yeah. he was pretty decent in those little Aussie race cars yes. as oh, well. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's just... Which, they basically are a go-kart with a roof, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. So what was it? Did you did you so you, you never could afford a go kart? Did you just do the come and try days type of thing? Really, that sort of stuff. That's exactly what I did. And people were like, oh, you know, Ben's got a lot of potential. Mm. My my big thing was because of the ankle movement. Yeah, I had to use my toes a lot more. So part of my condition, as I said, I'm hyper on the accelerator or the brake. On my on the accelerator, right uh, left ankle, no issues, and mm. I'm still double jointed in on, on the toes, so no issues. But the right, so what they did. They're like, oh, yeah, that's easy. They just put this, like, little extra metal, like, bolt-in screw mm. that enabled me to not have to have the same level of flexion in my right ankle, and I could still get full throttle. Yeah. So, yeah, the come and try days, did a lot of them. Um, and then, because I was marshalling, mm. I learned so much about cart setup. So mm. much. Mate, we used to, I was there when... This Eastern Creek, is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, not on the higher track, the actual proper yeah, race the proper track, right? track, yeah. So... So I was there when, like, Mark, yeah. Yeah. But like, we'd have, like, state state titles, national titles. Yeah, was, like, yeah, yeah. Mark Winterbottom. Winter yeah. yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hunt, like, yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Hey, one of my, I mean. Karting was crazy back then. That's when I crazy. Went to it. Crazy. And 2000s. can I be honest, that was my favourite time of karting. Yeah. Right? Remember Neil McFadden? Remember oh, that name? Yeah. Mate, he was a gun, the number 59 top Mate, kart. well, I used to always see, speaking yeah, well, you talk about top kart. Yeah, Troy Hunt mm. was one of the coaches for Top Kart after he'd just come back from Europe. So yep. he w- he used to work, I think, out for um, the Top Gun. That was his team. So yeah. it was Kart 1. Tim Craig owns it. Um, I'm, I'm trying to eventually get these boys on. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was Kart 1 who owned it, Tim Craig. Yeah. Um, and then he had a flurry of drivers underneath him. Dude. Like he had... Obviously, had big names like McFadden, Hunt, and He'd there was go a bunch out. of boys. Antunes was another one, but Antunes was tutored by this. Is my my cousin Simon Hogg was also on it. He was in the team as well in in the car that back then. Man, you, well, you're saying like the, all these that names was like the now. HRT. That was like the HRT of North Shore Car. This is this is where it, racing such a brutal sport. All those names you said, mm. what a handful mm. became like pretty sort of household name. Yeah, yeah. And there were guys in there that were, and, and I say this with all due respect, better than even a lot of the guys that ended up going on. It's but they just, just didn't have... The coin. The coin. 
Yeah. yeah. And and that was, it, it, for us, that was a big thing. Mm. Money. But at the same time, every opportunity I've had in racing to date, mm. oh, man, I've been so grateful for. Did you look, when you were, when you were like flag marshalling for the yeah. go-kart, Back then, did you idolize any go karters? Like, was it Winterbottom? Do you remember? Do you, do yeah. you remember like looking yeah, at like, the track on the flat? And when when a, when a goal would pass the checkered flag, you're like, I want to be like him one day. Yeah, yeah, was absolutely. Yeah, man. Um, Justin Rugier. Justin Rugier, particularly. He was, it, it, mate. I remember physically seeing his conditioning when he came to the track. Yeah, he's not a tall bloke, Justin. No. No. He's a little nugget. Yeah, and he was shredded. Yeah, and he was the <laughs> nicest dude. And his younger brother. Daniel, I think his yeah, name yeah, is. Yeah, Daniel, yeah. yeah. I think it's um, Daniel. They were the nicest. Big into rotaries, yeah, which yeah, I've yeah. now got. Yeah. I've got an <laughs> RX-7 race car that I'm getting ready for tarmac rallying. But yeah. yeah, Justin was probably, in my opinion, in New South Wales, he was the guy. I knew about Winterbottom. I knew about those boys. Those boys, yeah. But so I, I looked up to Christian Limbom, and he actually driver coached me briefly. Really? Yeah. Actually yeah, driver, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's funny you and Hunt, Troy Hunt. Where would they? Where are all these guys now? Yeah, well, like I know where Justin is, but yeah. like Troy's running his own go kart team. Christian's yeah. now a card card dealer. Um, he did race supercars briefly. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's crazy. You think about all this talent. Just it's so crazy you Dude, actually bring that up. A lot it, of them it, haven't gone on to be well, big superstars because of the cash thing, I guess. Exactly. Well, there was a brilliant Formula Ford racer in the day, and it was when Formula Ford was like. The supports for the V8s. Yeah, this was the Kent cars or the Duratec. Was it two thousand five, six, or before? Before, before. before. Okay, so it was the Kent. So cars. he was coming up when the like when Mark Webber was. Right? Yeah, okay. So, so we would have been cars. kids, right? Yeah. But like, our Rose is pretty good, by the way. Oh, like, one of my guests. Our Rose. <laughs> I bought. I bought my first improved production racing car off Mal Rose. Really? Yeah, it was a. It was an old Mitsubishi Mirage Cup car, Rally Up Mirage Cup car. Yeah. And, and like Ian Luff had actually pointed me in that direction because they're mates. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, "Yeah, it's a real race car. Yeah, not like that RX Seven. Yeah, like RX Seven's like mega. Yeah, and this right. I jumped into this Mirage and it was like Friday practice at Eastern Creek. Yeah, and I jumped like first practice out with the Opera cars mm. and they combined like the over two liters and the and unders. two liters. Yeah, and we were like, "What the fuck has just happened?" It was like taking a knife to a gunfight. It was a nice looking car. Yeah. But it was quick like Yeah. You know, eighteen years earlier. This mm. was back in like twenty fifteen. I'd be I was wide open down the main straight. Mum's like coming to the pit. She's like, Does that look pit crew mum and dad? Yeah. And she's like, You know you can go faster if you want down the main straight. I'm like, I'd love to. Mm. I'm flat. I was holding it flat into turn one. By the end of the weekend, those tyres were down to the steel belts. Yeah. Because I was so just holding your mum and your dad helping out with your car racing. Yeah, yeah. You and never had any pit crew in your hand? No pit crew. Paul McKinnon at the time from Evo Motorsport, Evolution mm. Motorsport, was doing yeah. like... All also creates his own go-karts yeah. too. Yeah. Oh, those MCK karts yeah. he makes. How yeah. nice. <laughs> I know. How nice, I wanted to man. buy one when I was oh, working for the Australian those things, <laughs> Those things just look like... It's like that... I hope those things really take off. To me, they're like... Yeah, you know, like those car manufacturers that just like Coenseg and stuff like that. Mm. <laughs> it like, kind of is the Coenseg of go kart. Yeah, I mean, it's very small and it's built in the northern beaches too. Dude, so, so cool. Yeah. So and he's a mad fabricator. And I've actually tried to get him on the podcast. He just doesn't want to come on. Seriously? Yeah, he's just a quiet guy. Just yeah, to right. Do his own thing and build he's cars. Got, he'd have a cool story. He's won like he won like the karting world championships and beat like Joss Verstappen, Jan Magnussen, yeah, you know, all those boys that like now have sons in F one. Yeah, and he smoked them. 
Yeah. Like he, he told them. me a story. Yeah. Obviously, he doesn't want to come on, but hopefully Paul listens to this. Yeah, yeah. Um, where he sent me a, he sent me a, a photo of him at Wakefield testing an F3 car. Anyway, long story short, he, as you said, he blitzed the, the drivers trying to get the seat in the F3 car. Yeah. And then again, as you said before, the budget thing just stopped him. Didn't have it. Yeah. Well, he took a few years off. I remember him saying, like, yeah, and this is this, it's such a complicated industry to navigate, don't you mm. reckon? Like, yeah, like when to make a move, what step to take next. And, and he mm. said, like, he took a few years off and he just thought, you know, someone had come hunting after him. Yeah, like, didn't hear anything. And then like, he was like, oh, mm. oh, okay, oh, better, better start, you know. And he so he just focused on like all his fab work. Mm. And that, that was how we met Paul because he prepped, he prepped the Mirage and he kept saying to us, oh, no, Benny, it's it'll be a pretty quick little car. Like, I think mm. you'd be surprised. So what was your first race car, the Mirage, was it? First race, race car, car race in the cams car. category? Yeah. yeah. In the Mirage. Yeah. The RX-7 was, was really... And a Mirage Cup car, was it? It was a Mirage Rally Art Prepped Cup, Cup car. And that was from One, Mount Rose, was it? Yeah, that was yeah. from Mount Rose. So right. I drove to his property. <laughs> and Interlocking stories here. Yeah, yeah, man. Podcast. Oh, mate. Like, this industry, you know someone through someone who yeah. knows, you know. It's like, it's funny. It's quite incestuous, really. But yeah. it's... um. It's so cool because I got the car. Mm. First of all, I went down to Maroolan and tested it on the small circuit. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like maybe maybe the car's just not dialed in. Mm. It felt like it had no torque and all that because it didn't. And then we were like, okay, let's go to Eastern Creek. Maybe it just needs a bigger circuit to open its legs. Yeah. Oh, mate, that was – if it had bigger legs, mm. the bigger circuit would have been handy. It was already flat out halfway down the main straight. Yeah. You didn't need yeah. any modifications to your car at all, did you? Or did you? Or a, did you need to? No. See, see, that's the other thing. I think. Because you were so, talking about that with school, you know? Yeah, right. Like people think that they've got to cater something. Yeah, got to handicap you. Yeah, to right. Make you no, ready. no. So that's the other thing, right? So, like I said, other than being, it's a funny condition because I don't really class it as an outright disability in a lot of ways. Because to me, a disability means you can't do something. Hmm which uh, is kind of amusing, in which case we're, we're all somehow disabled, aren't we? And I, yeah. and I said this to someone because she goes, she was, you're going to laugh, she was a psychologist, this yep. person. I wasn't going to her. She yep. just sat down. We got to know where we were living. She comes up and she goes, well, clearly you're disabled. Mm. And I'm like, really? Thanks. Is that the first thing she said to yeah, you? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, right. that clearly? I'm like, yeah. really? I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And then I'm like, well, define disability. And she struggled. And I'm thinking, okay, mm. someone who's a professional in the you know, field like psychology, I'm like, funny that you couldn't even answer that. Mm. But then I was like, okay. So she was like, oh, well, disability means when you can't do something. I said, okay. So yeah. I said, you're disabled. She goes, to you? She, she said, no, no, I said back to her, oh, well, to you're her, disabled. You're disabled, yeah. Because yeah. you can answer the question. Yeah, well, <laughs> that too. Didn't even think of that. And I go, can you run as fast as Usain Bolt? Yeah. Just no. Yep. I go, so you're disabled? She goes, well, how so? And I said, you've just said it. You can't do something that someone else can do. Yeah. And she's like, huh? Yep. And I'm like, well, I can still run. Mm. I said, but I can't run as fast as Usain Bolt. Mm. But I said, I'm, I'm sure as hell I could still run faster than you. Mm. And she's like, you reckon? And I go, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely, I know I can. Mm. I, I, and, and, and I actually said to her, Look, I hope because I'd gotten to know this lady over a few years at the at the shops. She'd always come up and all of that. Mm. Her and her husband. And I said, "Look, you've got to really understand. Don't ever judge something on because something 
like I walk with a limp because of the ankle surgery and yeah. the hip surgery, and you know my left knee doesn't bend quite as much as my right knee. Yeah. So obviously it's going to make my my gait slightly different to someone who doesn't have those have those things. I'm like, mm. but don't judge my physical capabilities mm. or athletic capabilities mm. based on oh Ben looks different doing something that's traditionally you know, looks like this. Mm. I do that. Not because, oh, see, I'm not a very PC person, man. So yeah. it doesn't it doesn't offend me that they're like, like if someone, like if a little kid, I get little kids coming up to me, it's so cute. And they'll go, oh, you've hurt your leg. What's wrong? Yeah. Because <laughs> like, they don't oh, no, no, it's yeah. all good. And the mums are like really embarrassed. And I'm like, no, 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 I said, it's okay. And I show them a scar and mm. all that. I'm like, all good. But when you get an adult, tell you you find out it's like a psychologist and, and and they say something like that and you go like class disability for me because mm. it's funny there'd be people that would class well i don't know you you can tell me what do people they, class they as much as religious yeah as now, a I've, disability i've struggled ever since i was a kid i've struggled to hold on to a full-time job okay just a general job yeah because they just think i'm not mentally capable to i don't know last eight hours really um, yeah so i've always been capped at doing four hours surprisingly oh, just because of the whole government system are you serious yes yeah, so i've always tried to make myself work like now like with the podcast essentially is like as a job yeah or like track stars the company that oh, I, I love before. that dude yeah i had that company as well so i always used to start small things to just keep a an income you know what i mean because i yeah. get paid half from a government job and then i'd have to make the other half because i was never allowed to work eight hours so to speak and you see know what I mean? that, that's frustrating because someone else has made that judgment on your behalf, mm. if you'd said to them, "No, I'm cool. I can do that." Yeah, would they have let you, or would they have still gone? Well, Dan, very glad that you think because I caught this a few times, man. Like where it was like, I went to do a few labouring jobs because mm. I've always been really strong, really fit. Mm. They were like, "Man, it's really good that you think you can do that and that you want to do that, mm. but we're not going to do it." I'm like, "Mate, if you if you worried about me getting injured." Don't have to worry. Yeah, like, don't hire me then. Mate, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, dude, I've stacked bikes. I've crashed race cars. Like, dude, yeah. like, I'm not going to break. Mm. Like, try me. Yeah. And very rarely do you get people that do it. And 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 it's a, it's a shame, man, because I think there's so many people out there, not just in the field that we've come from in racing and sports. Yeah. I think there's so many people out there who want to show off how capable they are. And people are scared. Yeah. Because you know, we doesn't help that we live in a world that's full of bloody litigation and oh, I'll yeah. sue you because this happened and all of that. Yeah. But it's funny. I think if you spoke to most people who are classed as having, you know, whether it be, you know, they're neurodiverse or physically different, they'd be like... The way they look. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like... Don't worry about it. If, only, I'm, if I'm not worried. The only per people I'm kind of scared of is crack addicts because they just approach me randomly. Bro, they're hard, they're hard to read, let's be honest. It's like, hang on, he's staring. That's what happens when you're recording. Yeah, 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 it's like, he's staring but, but at me. That's not disability, but you no, know. No, I mean? no, 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 but it's like, he's staring yeah. at me. It's like, does he like me or does he want to shank me? Yeah. And it's like, yeah. and then you get close, like, no, he wants to shank me. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> dude, I've made a few take of their it. statuses oh. on Facebook. I don't, know, I don't know what attracts me to them. They just, it just happens. You know what it is? Yeah. Do you know what I actually think also? I think when you've gone through life and you've encountered hurdles yeah you know what you actually it's not just em empathy is the wrong word mm. i think you go you might scratch the surface and actually discover someone who's really kind of cool and interesting under that yeah right and i think they see that energy because uh, i think when you're that blottoed out 
on mm. whatever they're on. Their body's functioning on instinct and, and probably, to be honest, the only thing that they can read is energy. Yeah. So they start going, well, this guy's energy seems pretty cool. Mm. Like, dude, I've diffused some things where I look back now and I'm like, how on earth did I get out of that? I just walk away. Do you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, yeah. I love it occasionally yeah. having, like, chats with people like that. Sometimes it's a bit, oh, that was hairy. Yeah. Right. But, yeah, I, I do believe that there is a prejudgment if you don't fit a mould. And racing is very much an image game, particularly if you're trying to make it mm. at, a, at a high level. Like, tell me this. How many, like, morbidly obese people do you see at the top of the game in racing, particularly in, like, European, you know, uh, standards of racing or even top-tier Aussie racing? No. Nah. Yeah. And, and, and let's be honest, now more than ever, most of them are. Like they're almost like from a, like they're very clean cut. Mm. Whether they're the guys or the girls, very clean cut. Their social media gets tidied up. Everything's like this. It's polished, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. But you know what it's lacking? It's lacking character. It's lacking diversity in characters. It's lacking diversity in cars. An example of this, a prime example, is like the old days of like Bathurst and touring cars, where you had yeah, heaps yep. of different cars. Four, you had guys like yeah, well, you had guys well. like Braden Wilmington's dad, Gary, yeah, yeah, Gary, like rock up as a privateer and stick yeah. it to bloody like Again, budget. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Malrose, same thing. Like yeah. talent trumps budget, and and it was so cool. You know, to me, that's that's what people should look at. They should be looking at talent, mm. not perceived capability or perceived. What can they bring us in terms of dollars? Mm. But it's not like that anymore, you know. So, you know, when you add in something like my article posts, where there's a bit of a visual difference, or you know, you're you, with you as you said with Asperger's, you, you you'll think of things differently. Mm. To me, I don't see the, those things as disabilities. Mm. You know, like you're completely high functioning mm. in every area, physically and mentally. Yeah. It's like if I'm not worried, why are you worried? If I tell you, okay, I don't think I can do this, okay, cool. Mm. We'll, we'll, we'll look at it then. Mm. But if I'm not telling you that, don't worry about it, mate. That's the part that gets difficult. Like, I used to get angry and bitter over certain things like this. Mm. And then I realized, mate, not everyone is, you know, as emotionally intelligent, you know, because they either haven't had those life experiences. So, you know, to them, the hardest thing that they've ever encountered is, oh, my bank card bailed <laughs> yeah. and then my nose started running yeah yeah and fml right how many times do you see statuses like that on yeah. facebook oh i missed my bus yeah and then found out my boyfriend's actually not a boy fml yeah, and you're like yeah. really that, that's the worst thing in your life yeah like, you know so yeah man i look so what was your what was your path route through cars because okay. we've gone we've gone way off on a few tangents here. Absolutely, so like man. if we got the ladder from where you started to so, where you finished, how did it start? Okay, so it started in improved production racing. Yep. Back in twenty fifteen. Okay. In the Mirage Cup car. Only a few years ago. That's essentially only seven years ago. Yeah, only, yeah, only right. that long ago. Um it was quick and to the point. And then went from there. It was with a yellow went Honda, to DC two type bar integra. Yep. That was a big step up. Mm. Cool car. Yep. K swap motor. Um, still in the under two liter class. Yeah, it's a good car because in the Mirage, I I came second in the first year in the under sixteen hundred cc championship, and mm. in my second season, I won the under sixteen hundred cc championship yeah, in, in Mal's old car. In Mal's old car, car. Mal's yeah. old. So he made it. Still competitive. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still getting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. still getting the Honda. 
because we were actually going to build the turn the Mirage into a weapon. Actually, Paul McKinnon was going to do it. Really? Gonna he was going to soup it up. We were going to actually put an Evo motor in it minus the turbo. Yeah. So it was going to be like this Godzilla sort of like NA building the Mirage, but he got busy because he's a bit of a one-man show, Paul. Yeah. So he got busy, and, and then this um, Integra came up, and we're like, right, we'll step it up. So ran that for the 2016, 2017, and mid through the 2018 season before the engine catastrophically detonated yeah, on the main street right. in 2018. Did, did the engine get rebuilt by you, or did you just sell it as it was? No, no, man. We sold it after that. Like We'd blown our budget. Yeah, right. So you just sold it as it was and they had to fix it. Yeah. There's still gearbox was there. They just had to build another engine. That was devastating. That was one of those like, oh man, like that was an FML moment. Yeah. Because it was like, we're going down the main straight. We're in fifth gear. Not even like missing a gear change. Boom. And it just let go. We had to to actually pull the car up using the handbrake so it didn't hit the the wall at the end of the main straight because all the oil when the motor blew up inside. Just went all over the brakes. Wow. Yeah. So holy shit. So you ran that car to the ground potentially. You, you drove real hard with it. Well, much. mate, that motor only lasted one hour. Yeah. It was a brand spanking you We had the latest Motec, all of that. Mm. Yeah, that's that was that's a whole different story, man. That's mm. that's like like I said to you before, where I said this industry's got some great people and not so nice people. Yeah, that was a not nice people moment <laughs> and a not nice experience moment. But yeah. you know, it, look, we've gone through it. Yeah, we survived. So yeah, I and I, then you wanted to dig in Formula Ford, which is how we got to know each other. Yeah, man. Well, that's funny. I'm glad you said that because 2016, I started testing with Anglo Motorsport, who mm. you were, you know, well, racing, racing with. Yep. Right. And I was going to move to the UK in 2017 mm. and race in there in the British Formula Four Championship. Yeah. And I was like, right, like this is the path that other people who want to make a career do. Like Daniel Ricciardo didn't. A lot of people don't realise he didn't do much Formula Ford no, racing. No, he just in raced in the state series, the yeah. state series in WA. Yeah, and I think he did yeah. one Victorian meet, and, yeah, and yeah. I think his best ever position was like eight. Mm. That's similar to Scott McLaughlin, actually. Yeah, yeah, Scott, right. Scott McLaughlin did it very similar. So. It, it, I was like, you know, instead of like pissing our money up against the wall in Australia and not getting noticed and, mm. and seen, I had a lot of self-belief. And I knew like with the right people around me, I'm like, we can do this, mm. you know. Didn't know how much it was going to cost. And that's where it generally brings a lot of people on time. But mm. that's all right. So met you, yeah. tested with you on multiple occasions, which was, as I said <laughs> you, you said before, that I was good on, well, outside you said that I was good on cold tyres or something. Mate, you were scary uh, <laughs> on cold tyres. I remember I remember when I first, because as I said to you, I'd never come from an open wheeler background. For anyone who's never raced with Dan, like, you know, or most people like, yeah, on their opening lap, whether it be a track day, practice test, whatever, or a race day, your opening lap is about, you know, getting your tyres a bit up to temp before you launch it off the start. Yeah. So I just thought, okay, I don't have the same open wheel experience with these guys, but I've come from like a historic rally car background and all of that. I'm going to follow him on the opening lap, stay with him while we're warming the tyres up, and then when he starts going for it, I'll drop the hammer behind you. Mate, you drop a massive set pulling out of the Wakefield light pit lane, going on to the main straight. And I'm like, okay, shit, I better like drop the clutch and, and, and like spin up, go yeah. out the back. And I'm like, there for a second. Yeah. And then boom, you just take off like the race has begun. Like there was no tyre warm up. No. He doesn't warm up tyres. I don't warm up tyres. It's no. like, 
you know, it's like you, you give just away go, my secrets, man. Like it's a, it's a race meeting going to happen. I'm mate, I'm oh, tell, tell you what, dude, <laughs> mate, that's a secret that like even now I know. It's like yeah, but you kept the car on the track because Wakefield's a, a funny track. Like it's mm. got very reactive bitumen and all that. Mate, and you were just like literally three quarters of the way around the track. Yeah, I'm like, and I had, like at the time Noel, Simon Hodges, and yeah. another bloke, and and I think even Noel said to me, Dan doesn't warm up his tires. Mm. I'm like. No, nah. because I, I thought I'm going to follow Dan. He's got a lot of experience in these cars. I'm going to follow Dan. I'm going to see what he does because I've always been good at mimicking men, like yeah. in a car, yeah. like because I've always so had at the time. You're trying to mimic me. Yeah, I just thought I'll just once the tires are switched on, boom. Yeah, mate, I went to mimic on cold tires. Yeah, I'm like, hey, I was not going down. It's just sliding around. I'm like, and I'm just seeing you drive as if like your car was already warm. Yeah, and I'm like. You know what I'm going to have to do now? I'm going to have to wait till he comes back around. I'll let him pass and then I'll follow you. Yeah. So that's all I did. That's all I ended up having to do because I'm like, and you did it every session. I tried every session. I was like, okay, I'll just hustle the car a little bit more in cold tires and just see. Yeah. I'll just see. what. Worst case scenario, I'll loop it and put it in the kitty litter. Yeah. And I was like, no. Nah. It's just like, it was like you defied physics on cold tires. Yeah, mate. If a if a race was a siding lap, yeah, mate. I actually think you would have won championship national championship <laughs> in any category. Because guys who like, you know, what the fuck is this guy oh, doing? Just defies defies physics. You know, like it's not until other guys actually suddenly get their eye and get their tires in that they're like, okay, now I can do. It. Mate, you were just gone. It yeah. was the cool. I've got to be honest. It's still one of the coolest things I've seen. Well, me me driving on my own cold tires on on a siding lap. Yeah, yeah. I still think that was one of the coolest things. And like, and when you told me, like, you know, I remember like when you told me, oh yeah, I've got this, like deformed bautism. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, right, man. This is uh, there's no curse to that. That's a pure gift, then. Yeah. Like I was just like, that's so cool, man. I still think I've never seen someone go out that hard. But you know what? You made me improve so much. Like when I went, because when I went, I was going to move to England. As, yeah, a, yeah, as yeah. I said, and three weeks before I was going to fly out because I was going to race for Oldfield Motorsport. I, I'd spoken to him like the night before and I said, look, is your dad still able to get me a day-to-day car to run around in? We mm. found a room I was renting. I was going to rent a room in this place. Uh, it was this lady's like castle estate. Yeah. And it was a mansion. I was like, was, we'd already put like the, the bond down and everything. Mm. Three weeks before I fly out, I, I call up this guy and I'm like, hey, just making sure we're still good. Call me back. Mm. Didn't hear hear from him for a day, and I thought, oh, man, he runs a race team, yeah. runs a car dealership. Pretty busy. Pretty yeah. busy, right? Mate, so I thought, okay, two days, three days went, call back. This number's been disconnected. Mm. I'm like, okay. Oh, and I'm like, well, you've got his email. Maybe mm. there's been a technical issue. And, mate, the emails were back and forth right up to that point, to the point where only a week before that, I'm like, look, mum and dad are happy to pay the £30,000 up front for... Mm. Because they'd given me what all the consumable items were going to cost, everything. Yep. Do you want the thirty grand, thirty pound, thirty thousand mm. pounds up front? No, man, all good. Yeah, like everything was good. So we got to two weeks out, and we're like, we've heard nothing. Mm. And I'm leaving messages saying, "Look, guys, if this isn't going to happen, just just let me know." I said, "That mm. way, we can at least cancel the plane ticket and get some money back," mm. which we ended up having to do. So you didn't even get to race in England or do anything? Didn't get to at the last moment. So we ended up having to get the Honda ready again for that season because we were actually planning on selling the Honda 
mum and dad were going to sell the Honda while I was over there. Mm. Is it sold now? Yeah, yeah, okay. we sold it back in yeah, well, twenty nineteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sold it back then. Um, but yeah, so you had the Honda, yeah, as a I had backup. The Honda as the backup. So came back. It was disappointing because you know when you've like you've done all the prep work. Like I dropped because I've always been into weights training, so I had to drop seven kilos to fit comfortably in the Formula Ford, and I did that here while still testing with Anglo mm. and and with yourself. Mm. So I'd, I'd done all the physical prep work. Mentally, I was prepped. I was doing like winter swims, like swimming in the middle of winter to mm. get ready for the UK cold. You'd done the full open wheel yeah. fitness. Mate, absolutely. And, yeah. and I was ready. You like, are a PT though, aren't you? That's what you do. Yeah, I'd done that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did that, that was every now and then. Still PT people yeah. who asked or uh, teach reformer Pilates and yeah. all do you of do that. Contract, do you, you're a contractor with all that now? Like you do it as your own business? Yeah, or? just do it like if people want to. I'm going to go back into radio. Yeah, actually. okay. Yeah, man. Like, have I convinced you to get back into oh, radio? Oh, dude, you, you actually have. <laughs> okay. in like, I used to write commercials uh, yeah, as okay. a creative writer. Yeah. I used to live over in WA. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, yeah. And, and actually, they've got a really mad speedway scene. Yeah, like oh, big I, into I've sprint cars. And, yeah. Oh, dude, you'd love it. Yeah, the Quinana Speedway, and all. I live like down the road from it. Yeah, and some mate, they have got some gun like yeah. the Cricky Western, Boys. Is it Western and, Springs? Is that what's called? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. The and there's boy, like the Cricky yeah. Boys shootout. Yeah, that's it. Oh, I love sprint, mate. Cars. Well, I lived yeah. in Bunbury first before moving up to up to Perth, and so I moved up to Perth. I was still working in radio, and I was doing stand up comedy as well. Yeah, right. Mate, I've had an eclectic career, mate. Yeah. Like I was watching your podcast, like when you were on Luke's podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you were telling him about like your nightclub promoter days and, and all that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Dan and I, Dan yeah. and I are brothers from another mother. Yeah. I'm like, we have done a lot of weird, <laughs> diverse stuff. A lot of weird shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. got paid for it. Like yeah. that's the cool part. Like, yeah, I love it. So yeah, like. <sighs> How'd you get into stand-up comedy? That just randomly, did You're that just laugh. randomly happen or happen? Yeah. So when I was working at the radio station, mm. I've always loved making people smile and laugh. I think if you can, you can make someone laugh and smile, mm. whether you know them or not, that's the greatest service you can give yeah. anyone, right? Yeah. It's cool. And, and I know when people make me smile and laugh, like when I watch you on the podcast, <laughs> man, you just made my day. And I was like only three days ago. I'm like, and I already knew you, but it was like watching you like in this whole different light. I'm like, that was the best. Um, <laughs> so I was like, I was at the station and one of my co-workers, Lisa, goes, so Ben, you're a funny guy. I'm like, thanks, Lisa. Mm. He goes, I've entered you in the Western Australian Raw Comedy Festival. Mm. Yeah. 2007. He goes, well, you told me you did that stand-up gig before you moved here at Cabramatta Leagues Club in Sydney. Yeah. Which is a true story. Yeah. That yeah. was a scary, scary thing. you got to tell me about that. Oh, yeah, well. Don't worry about that. And she goes, and I go, yeah. And she goes, and you're only funnier from what I can see. I'm like, oh, thanks. Mm. He goes, so when you get back from Christmas holidays back in Sydney, you're going to be in this competition. Mm. Oh, wow. And the reality of it didn't strike. But anyway, I entered this competition, got knocked out in the semifinals. Mm. That was cool. Mm. And this, this, this isn't comedy, WA, yeah, this isn't yeah. WA. And this promoter comes up to me and goes, oh, mate. That was a great set, mate. Mate, you know what? I reckon you need to do some jokes about, like, you know, having one leg shorter than another, mate. And I'm like, oh, not really, man. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to yeah. be that guy. I'm like, what was I funny or not? And he's like, mate, hilarious, mate, yeah. brilliant. And I'm like, and that's all that matters. 
And from that Why point, is all the managers British? Have you always noticed that? Dude, them? they are. <laughs> and and full white cockney geezer yeah. British. Do they have like right? a factory of managers and they just pop out something? I think comms and sales and yeah. promotions, I think that might be like a genetic thing. Yeah. I've known so many, mm. right? So from that point, this guy, his name was John McAllister, and I'm forever grateful because he started booking me for years. Mm. But I was having to drive from like Bunbury mm. two, three nights a week, mm. 250Ks up to Perth, do a gig that didn't start till... 9 o'clock at night, mm. didn't finish till after midnight, and then drive, you know, for nearly mm. three hours back to Bunbury. So I was like, you better get a job up in Perth and move up there. Mm. And then I was actually doing stand-up comedy four nights a week, basically, three nights on a quiet week. Mm. Um, but paid, paid gig and everything. Paid gigs, not paid straight away. Yeah, yeah. Probably took me six months. Yeah. And then I started, like, getting, like, support spots and then MC spots after that. And I was geek, and I love it, and mm. I still love it. But I got out of it because, again, like it's like in motor racing, you, know, you get some people they just get so serious and over analytical. Mm. You'd come off stage after a gig, and they'd be like, "Oh, I should have said this word like this," and you know, mm. if you wanted a bigger laugh, you should have said that. And it's like, and it started killing the joy, mm. the joy of just making people laugh. Yeah, and they were turning it into something that was like, "Man, just be funny." Yeah, funny is funny. Yeah, you know you can joke about anything, and that's what I love. Mm. You can laugh about anything. Yeah, right. So I did the stand up, and it was cool. And it's funny because when you were talking about your nightclub scene, mm. we did a lot of gigs at like some weird venues, mm. like weird venues. And imagine going into a nightclub with basically like a rave going on in the background. Yeah, is this in Cabramatta or in Perth? No, this is in Perth. Yeah, okay. And like a full dance floor, and then you've got this little section that is not separated by a wall, and you're trying to do a gig, mm. and they're all like off their chops, dancing to like electro and house and all of that, mm. and no one can hear you. Yeah, <laughs> and you're like, cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. you still got paid. Like yeah. you just did some really bizarre, bizarre sort of venues. Yeah. I, I performed at a bowling club. Mm. Like and a they did club, yeah, like, like yeah, like old people. the Fremantle Bowling Club, yeah, and they literally just had like the family dinner, and then they were like, "Okay, guys, special treat tonight. We've got comedians, yeah, and and we go to them. Oh, so you have a stage, and you're like, no, oh, but we've got this like milk crate, yeah, <laughs> step up onto like a milk crate right. that's like yeah, wobbling as you're like, yeah. you know, you're literally like standing there concentrating more on your balance than you are on your set. But it was so cool, man, and and that's. To me, I, I love performing in anything. I'm competitive at anything, I, and and I love I love just taking myself outside that comfort zone, and that's why I love stuff like this because you'll be asked questions and you'll be asking questions that will take people outside of the comfort zone where you'll learn something about yourself. Mm. They'll learn something about themselves, but there's no. And this is why I think podcasts are cool too. Mm. They are so freeform. Like, how many tangents have we gone off today? I don't know how Holly's going to edit this. Yeah. I really don't. I reckon she's going to pop like an acid and go, you know what, this is the only way you can solve this. Yeah. You know, <laughs> pop that and then it will all make sense. Yeah. Right? That's what I do. And I don't even, I'm not even into drugs. Yeah. But if it helps, you do what you need to do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, man. It's So, did the stand up and then came back. Mm. And then built the RX-7 race car, which I'm now getting ready for 
the White Line Tarmac Rally Series, which I was going to ask that if you're getting back into racing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, mate, yeah. you can't you can't stop me. Like I love it, yeah. I love it, and and you know, and I'm going to do maybe some tar- other tarmac rallies as well. Mm. I I'd like to go back to proper racing a Formula Ford again. You want to have a crack at that again? I do because yeah. I, I I love the parody of Formula Ford. I think. And, and you probably know, I don't know if it's complete parody. Mm. Like, you know, in, say, Kent's and Juratex, I don't know how close the parody is. Mm. I'm actually racing a kid called Will Lowing at the moment. Okay. And um, he is just an unbelievable talent, right? Yeah. This is for Paul Liston. Have you had a list tech Yeah, card? I love that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So he's Mark Lowing's son. Okay. Anyway, um, long story short, he's just an amazing driver. And like you, he wants to go to the UK. Yeah. He's actually... Do it. He, he does want to do it. But the thing is, again, it comes down to budget. They're trying to find money to race over there. And that's the thing in Formula Ford and in club level racing, as you yeah. know, you'll either get some guys who have a sh- like a shitload of cash yep. or not. Yep. And um, Will wants to race in the UK to, you know, make his more racing. Well, that's it. You need to get character. that exposure. Yeah, and, get that exposure and, and stuff like More that. intense craft. They seem to, Yeah, you know. What I, what I was trying to say is, though, is, Ben, that, as you said, there's the two different classes. He's in the Kent class, and he's technically same same in me. I'm beating some of the Duratex too, but he's a step ahead of me, okay, and beating more of the Duratex than I am. And he should be in the Duratex, but again, he just doesn't have the budget. So that's it for him to as for him for his end goal. He, he wants to race in the Formula Ford Festival. Oh yeah, so that's, man, I hope he gets there. I, I love I love hearing stories like that, and it's funny because yeah, you, know, you tell you tell certain people that, and they're like. So you're happy for that person to mm. you know, get get something or get where you didn't? And I'm like, yeah. Mm. You'd be, be the twisted bastard like if you didn't want to see someone succeed. Particularly when they're nice mm. and they're good people. Mm. You know, I, I like seeing good people who get ahead. Yeah. Because you see a lot of people who are ruthless. Mm. That they're not necessarily talented, but mm. they're ruthless and they get ahead and you're like, yeah. So when you when you hear stories like that, you're just like you're crossing your toes, you're crossing your fingers, yeah. and you hope people understand. Yeah. With, what it takes to with get Formula Ford for you. Do you want to go to like the Kent level stuff or the Duratec again? Can I be you honest? Never, you never really got that shot, did you? No, no. At, at see, all. <laughs> we we were when it looked like we we're gonna like when we lost the touring car motor and we were gonna go, be like, you know what? Let's make the single seater dream come back alive. So we were gonna go down that path. And we were going to go, we were sort of being steered towards Kent. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, I was like, Dad was like, well, I think we should go Duratec. Mm. Because if in a season's time you've got to pay all this money again to take that motor out and put this motor in and upgrade the brakes and upgrade to bigger tyres and all of that, mm. let's not let's not like spend things twice. Because that's what we learn. You know, yeah. you probably learn it in racing too. Sometimes you're... You're actually better spend a little bit more money up front if you can. Yeah. Like if you're lucky enough to have that extra bit of budget mm. and do it up front, mm. then do it twice mm. and spend all your budget and then suddenly go, Oh, now I have no money to race. I've got a car mm. but I can't afford to enter. So we were gonna do that and just, you know, we had a legal battle with the race engine not let go and that like we ended up losing like thirty grand. Yeah. So right. it kind of like Put the racing on hiatus, which was, it was a shame. Yeah, so that's sunk you now for the last couple of years. Yeah, the last three years. Like three years, so that's put you back. Big time. Yeah, right, with the race team. Big time. Wow. So I, if I go back, so I'm going to start racing the RX7. Hmm. I'm going to just just to like get back up to speed because it's such a powerful car. It was 
We had it in open class in World Time Attack like six years ago. Yeah, but right. we had a mechanical issue. This car that you're yeah, using. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a beast of a car. But Did you enjoy the Ian Baker Time Attack oh, podcast? Oh, it's great. That's, mate, so good. <laughs> that guy's amazing. Like, yeah. From where Time Attack originally started yep. to where it is now, what an effort. Yep. Such a so cool man. Um, mm. Dude, you've had some just awesome, interesting characters yeah. on this show. Like when you called me, I'm like, <laughs> what, have, what have I got to share? Yeah. You know, and you're like, oh, dude. Tell them about like what it was like. You know, and I'm like, oh. See, I'm trying to rally the Formula Ford um, community to get Jeff Senior on my podcast because he's yeah. got some stories. But yeah. man, you know, I was actually going to ask you next. Yeah, is there any like for me? I look, up, I look up to guys like Jeff Senior and club veterans. Do you know what I mean? Like Stephen Lacey, or also, oh, Dylan Thomas, Stephen Lacey, yeah, See, they're, yeah. They're like club, they're like yes. club legends in yep. their class, but yep. they're always around and you look up to them. Is there any guys when you got into that state racing scene who you look up to? Do you know what I mean? Like. Yeah, I asked about the go karting thing. Do you know yeah, I mean? yep, yep. Oh man, good question. Good question. Yep. See, it's funny you mentioned Stephen Lacey because sports dance mm. from memory. Yeah, I I've seen his name around since I was a kid. Yeah, and I I remember when I first sports saw sports dance thinking these things are mental. Mm. Like, wow, like why would I race a V eight supercar when I could race this thing? Yeah, sports Just yeah. nuts. Like, there are no rules. Mm. Um, yeah, Stephen Lacey actually would be one of those guys. Um, but it's it's funny, you know, at club level. Mm. See, no one really looks up to people on club level. That's what I thought I'd ask you. You know what I mean? Dude, that, yeah, you and it's a damn, on my podcast. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a nice question because I actually think it's not through lack of talent that they're in club level. No. Like, how many guys have you seen over the years get to club level racing and it's just like, just as people say, oh, so you just race state series? Mm. Yeah, man. Do you know how much that costs? Yeah, um, like a yeah, lot. A lot of money. Um, yeah. There's some seriously talented dudes mm. who have just gone. You know what? I know if I need to, if I want to take this further, it's just it's it's a it's not just a little bit more of a leap. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, you need serious like money behind you mm. backing, dude. It's funny. <sighs> I knew you, hmm. like you're gonna laugh. Hmm. I knew of you for years because of a mutual friend of ours, Connor McNally. Yeah, right. So in Formula Ford and hmm. in Ken, yep. I probably would have said, yeah, I looked up to you. Yeah, cool. Yeah, <laughs> like all jokes aside, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, hence yeah. why I was like, I'm gonna stay on the back of Dan. Yeah, oh, I'll just wait till both our tires warm up. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, you man. I mean, I I knew about other names. Yeah. But club racing doesn't get the same TV ca- coverage it used to get. No, that's what Blend Line. So I appreciate Blend Line TV. Yeah, you know you got to watch yeah. it on YouTube. But see, mm. do you remember back in the day and Mal Rose? I I still remember. I knew about Mal Rose twenty odd years ago mm. when they used to show like on um what's the weekend show that had like Mark Osler oh, um, RPM RPM. There we go. And they'd show like yeah. proper grassroots. Like racing. it was like there was like that VN Commodore Cup. Series, yeah, yeah, right. Mal, Mal talked about that Commodore Cup and stuff like, and and they'd give it TV coverage. Mm. You'd see go karts get TV coverage. You'd Mm. see improved production, like Leanne Tander was improved production. Yeah, a lot of people didn't realize that. Mm. Well, a lot of people in Ipera now wouldn't realize that. Mm. She beat all the kids in the Durotech National Series. She's she's a gun. Yeah, yeah, she's a gun. Do you know who I used to love? Do you know who I would lo- I actually looked up to, and this might surprise you, and it's mm. a name a lot of people 
because I thought she was so cute. Mm. And I mean that in like the com- most complimentary way. Yep. Her name was Melinda Price. Ah, yeah. She raced. I'm trying to get her in the podcast too. Oh, dude. Yeah. I'm she was like, she was a gun in the 90s. Yeah. Like a real gun. Yeah, I know. She was up there like her, and I still remember. She builds cars to this day, like Excel. She? Yeah, she's building an Excel cup. Her, her daughters are racing. Yeah, she's but full into it. Daughters? Yeah, her daughters are racing yeah, too. Time yeah, time gone far yeah, out. Yeah, I know. So, I mean, I was a kid watching her going. I'd like I had a bit of a crush. Like it was like, yeah. oh, yeah. Melinda Price, and you'd get all like giggly, <laughs> like, you know, mate. She was a really good. Because did you watch the In the Pits documentary? Have you no, seen that? You haven't no. seen that. You got to watch that. On yeah, YouTube. good. Yeah, go after this podcast. Go back and watch that. I will, man. Yeah. I will. But yeah, pop it, that in on YouTube. Yeah, um, it's funny. Like, do you do what do you do outside of racing? Like, do you do anything? Like, I race RC cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, well, I do a bit of rock climbing and stuff yeah, like okay. that. So I now yeah, I'm obviously focusing on the podcast and whatnot. But yeah, I, I yeah. Like, I like, you know, I don't know, I guess I play a bit of PlayStation. Uh, people have asked me about sim racing, for example. Yeah. Um, I've never really never really found the thing of that. I got asked that the other day in, in Facebook. Do you, what do you think of sim training? Yeah. Um, for me, but I prefer like the... Real thing. Paddock basher and go-karts and... Yeah. Yeah, the real thing, as you said. You, you know need I mean? the physics. I yeah. think personally, I think you need the physics. Like I bought the the top line, you know, PlayStation steering wheel and all that, and I was like, it's not the same. See, I, for me, I'd rather do the RC cars because I'm at least. It's like I can crash the thing. Mm. There's consequences, yeah. right? I when there's consequences, I do that. So that's I started in RC cars when I was a kid. Yeah, right. And you know that was where actually that's probably really where my in terms of competition racing mm. first that's started it was yeah. one tenth scale. Um, off-road buggies, mm. you know, and then from I used to that, like slot cars. There was a big slot car oh, track in the city. Years yeah, ago. I used to love those that big, slot slot cars, yeah, big slot cars. I've got that, one at home. Oh, really? It does like 120 k's an hour. <laughs> yeah, it's it's to, nuts. It's huge, I don't know where it is. It's down yeah, the yeah. somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I used to oh, love dude, that slot car track. That in the was city. an awesome track. I yeah. I remember going there a few times. Yeah, see, I did that. Yeah, you know, because I, I think. I think this is the thing, like with race car drivers, there's always some connection to speed. Even yeah. if they haven't been able to stay in the the, the racing game anymore, mm-hmm. they're always doing something that's like speed related. Like, oh yeah, I bought a jet ski and I've supercharged it. Of course you have. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> of course you have. Um, like I've bought a dinghy and I've stuck a 150 horsepower outboard Mercury. Great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, there's always it, this. Is what I mean about going back to that sort of conversation about eclectic people. Mm. I think the common denominator is we all like going fast somehow. Mm. We all like finding a competitive outlet. But at the same time, it's nice to step away from the, the rigours of, of racing because, as you said, financially very taxing, mm. very taxing. And, and not everyone's nice in racing. Mm. You know, there's some real – there's people out there that they'll be nice to you while they're getting your money mm. um, and then suddenly you find out, Years later, oh, this person said this and all that. So, you know, you need an outlet mm. outside of racing. Like for me, it's like my consistent thing has always been gym training mm. and martial arts, so Brazilian jiu-jitsu, submission wrestling. Mm. So that's another thing. Like I think, you know, you brought me on here to talk about like, you know, what I was born with and, you know, mm. did I need special modifications on the car or, you know, how did it hinder me or yeah. whatever. It, it really hasn't. Like, yeah. I mean... I've competed at two Pan Pacific Games yep. in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, right. That was only eight, nine years ago. Yeah. I um, tried Muay Thai with my girlfriend. And yeah, so I remember seeing your post stuff. Like, yeah. That's what I mean, dude. Like, 
I struggled at that. <laughs> I enjoyed oh, mate, it. Don't worry. Yeah, I've total been... respect for you doing jujitsu. Oh, that is so hard, dude. You'd be good at jujitsu. That's good long arms. Good long arms. Good long legs. Good build. It, it, you know, and mate, it's great for your conditioning and it's great for your breathing. You learn, and I found it actually helped with my racing. Mm. Was was doing that, but again, I think if you know, if we we get back to the crux of why you brought me on here today, mm. and and you want to talk about like how did you find racing with let's call it a disability for the sake of giving it a word. For me, I didn't find it an issue in terms of for me personally outright doing it. Yeah, I think other people found it more confronting. Mm. Like, but I got beaten by the crip. I got beaten by the kid with, like, who's not like us. Mm. It's like, yeah, but I was just better than you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was more determined than you. What I do behind the scenes, the hours of training and stretching, yep. and, you know, non like I don't drink alcohol, I have dessert like four times, five times a year, like all those things. I do those things to make up for the areas that have put a handbrake on me. Or to unlock those handbrakes. So I think inwardly, I don't think it's affected me. Outwardly, it's probably affected more other people. Like, oh, is this guy going to be a liability? Is he going to get hurt easier? Is his emotions going to be... It's funny, like, because obviously, you know, mine's more overt in terms of I walk with a limp, so there's a visual thing that they can see. It's funny how people assume, like, oh, if there's a visual thing, you know, if, if there's a physical thing, there must be a mental thing. Like, no, no. It's, um, you know, if I can say anything to anyone out there who's questioning themselves because they've been told, oh, you just, I don't know if it will be for you. And that's people's PC or polite way of saying, nah, you, you just won't have what it takes. Dude, don't listen. Don't listen, right? I, I got a really, you know important saying for people uh, you know when they've said stuff to me I'm like your limitations are not mine my limitations are a lot higher yeah and they had to be because to get as I said to you before what only took them say 30 percent effort took me 65 70 percent effort and that you know people go oh yeah to do the same thing I'm like oh maybe the same thing but when I realized I could push to 70 percent mm. when I should have only you know needed 30 percent, when you get used to pushing yourself into a, an area of discomfort, mm. you know, one of my favorite sayings is the more you embrace discomfort, yeah. the more everything becomes more comfortable. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So true. Mm. You, don't, you don't have to listen because mm. someone else tells you, oh, you, you know, something, don't second guess yourself based on what their perception of you might be. So for anyone who watches this and goes, well, you know, Ben's had a really eclectic career. You know, don't look at it as did Ben make it in racing. Well, yeah, if you if you look at it as, but he didn't get to F one or he didn't get paid to race. No, mm. but I showed enough people out there mm. who spent a hell of a lot of money on me just to do what we did. Like we probably spent in the short few years I was in quarter mm. of a million dollars. Yeah, right. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> you know, with everything, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, quarter of a million dollars. Mm. So, people in people, someone out there, or a bunch of people out there, went. Despite what all your doubts might be of me, mm. we'll still invest X amount of dollars mm. into you. Yeah, right. And I think that's the critical thing. 
don't ever be guided by by the thoughts of others. It's very easy to almost by osmosis mm. um, absorb other people's angst for you, mm. or their. They say it's. Oh, I'm worried for you. Are, are you worried for me, or are you worried how you might appear because I achieve it, and you yourself know you couldn't do it. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, and I think they're more worried about he's going to make me look like I'm not trying hard enough. Yeah. Maybe you're not, but I'm not telling you that. Mm. That's how you feel. So don't then go out of your way to try and tell me or other people that you feel, you know, might not be there mm. um, not to give it a go. Yeah. Because otherwise we're going to, we're going to miss having people like you around, me around, the Mick Dorns of the world who could have had their career completely ended, but they just refab his break and he becomes a five-time world moto, you know, 500cc yeah. world champion. You know, if everyone had, you know, lost belief in Mick back then, we wouldn't have known who he is. Yeah. You know, okay, he's done it on a much higher level again. But that's the point. Mm. He didn't listen to anyone that said, it's over. Yeah. Alex Sonati is another prime example. Yeah, that dude. Yeah, just awesome. Yeah, just awesome, man. Yeah, you know. So you know, I I think to be honest, Dan, like I feel really, really special and really grateful when you invited me. Like initially, there was, I felt like an imposter because mm. I was like, <laughs> had Joey Mawson on, you know, you raced yeah, yeah, yeah. GP three. Like you, you've had Mal Rose. You've had like, yeah. like, hang on, we've been on similar circuits. Like I haven't been over in Europe, but like. Mm. We've raced it, you know, this track and this track and mm. so have they. I'm like, why are you doubting yourself? What, just because they have more money mm. or they went further, you know, because they had the opportunity, like, more mm. opportunity. Don't doubt yourself. Like, achievement's a real funny thing. If we start trying to compare achievements, we'll never, we'll never believe we have self-worth. Yeah. Because an achievement's an achievement no matter what, you know. Um, so when you were like, yeah, man, come on. I was like, this is cool. I was pumped. <laughs> like even chatting to you last week, you know, yeah. on, in the car, I was like, mate, I'm so excited for this. Yeah. So mate, thank you. No worries, dude. No worries. Thank you so much for having <laughs> You know, I feel like we could talk for bloody hours, oh, but then like Holly's going to like, Before don't. we go, well, I've got to know, you, you touched about an hour ago now, but your football team, do you go for the Dragons, do you, or? No, uh, I go, oh, mate, Newcastle Knights. Newcastle Knights. Uh, Open the season good. Yeah. Open the season good, but at the moment, mate. You're battling are, me for the spoon, the doggies. Mate, <laughs> I, think, oh, mate, I think we've got, you know, a box full of spoons waiting for us at yeah. the moment. It's so, it sucks when you see it. But, yeah. you know, it sucks. Like you, But, that, you know, that's actually a prime example. I actually think that's not a bad segue there. Mm. there there's a bunch of guys, mm. right? at the top of their physical powers and they can still get smashed by other people. Mm. So don't ever beat yourself up because you go, well, I've got something slightly different mm. because maybe if you can have like some of the best athletes, like physical specimens in the world, mm. I know football is a different sport to racing and, and, and rock climbing and jujitsu, but even so, mate, they can cop a hiding. If guys like that and girls like that can cop a hiding like that, mm. we're not immune to it. So, just give it, give it everything you got. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, nah, big footy fan. Why, yeah. who do you go for? Canterbury Bulldogs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, um, that could be an interesting one. We'll be sharing cutlery, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's Down the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, here's a spoon. Oh, here's a spoon for you. Thanks a lot. Cheers. So, well, 
Thank thanks, you so Benny, much. for coming on the podcast, mate, dude. Thanks for I having really us, man. I really appreciate it. Um, hopefully, you've, I think you by for sure. Um, there'll be a few good quotes on this, and yeah, dude, I'm just thanks, really man. appreciated that you came on, and oh, you know, hopefully, dude, hopefully, encourage some drivers and future drivers to come race a car or a go. I hope so. Yeah, yeah, I hope so, man. Uh, thanks a lot, Dan. It's um, what you're doing is so good. Like honestly, man. Like it's. I'm not saying this as a, a mate to another mate. It's mm. it's beautiful to watch, mm. and I think you realise that everyone's got some sort of a story. Yeah, that needs to be told. So, yeah, thanks Cheers. for having us. Thanks, Ben. Cheers. Thanks for listening to On the Couch with Hooli. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to leave us a rating on Apple or Spotify.